Welcome back to the Not Your Average podcast, where you are empowered to live from the inside out for personal growth and global impact. So today's episode is all about getting curious and living curiously. Now your mind is powerful and has the ability to determine your future, but the trick is to live in the present and to reduce your reactions so that you rather respond to reduce the reactions in your day-to-day moments for those micro situations and judgments because they create your macro life. So getting curious is not just about um, asking questions for the sake of it or becoming a particular, you know, detective. It is about following a mindset and cultivating a mindset where you become the driver of your responses so that you're not pulled each and every way by the circumstances uh, of life or indeed the people. So my first point is, how do you get curious? So my first point is ask yourself, what is this or what is this person trying to teach me? Whether it's something positive or negative, the key to stepping back and maintaining internal control in any situation is to ask yourself a question because then that brings the focus back to you and it stops you focusing and therefore reacting to the circumstance or most likely it's usually another person. It stops you from focusing on their actions and their words or lack thereof so that you react to that and gets you to look at what you are particularly annoyed about in general. So I reckon that discomfort gives you a signal of uh, a pain point or irritation or anger is usually a fantastic way to pinpoint what am I really angry about? Has it been a boundary violation? Has it been, you know, someone wasting my time or has it been a lack of reciprocity or has it been you know that there's been continued miscommunication there are so many things that can determine what it is that you're feeling but the key is not to be driven by your feelings which is why you have to ask yourself what is this trying to teach me and the key here is that it enables you to practice pausing and crucially regulating your body's response so that your cortisol levels are not constantly raised into a fight or flight response. And this is really key because cortisol is most commonly uh, colloquially known as the stress hormone. So you want the least of that because if you're always living in um, with raised cortisol levels, then you're always on high alert and we're not talking about you know the usual vigilance that you'd have just going about your day-to-day life we're talking hypervigilance and a sense of panic and a sense of anxiety but we're not created to live in that and our bodies cannot sustain that as an as amazing as they are they are built to live in a state of homeostasis which is balanced which is a sense of calm which is why you want things like dopamine or serotonin Uh, So dopamine is usually where you have like a fantastic experience and it's really intense. Whereas serotonin is maybe what you get from a hug from someone that you really care about and you, um, 
and love for example so things that calm you and things that feel good and peaceful that's what you want more of so when you ask yourself what is this trying to teach me you're actually teaching your body to change its response because like it or not your body and your mind are intrinsically linked and your body actually usually reacts first and stores responses first before you even realize it because a lot of what we experience in life is very subconscious so if you have grown up in an environment or if you have brought up an environment that was very chaotic you may have that hypervigilance or on the converse side a lot of people suppress their emotions and so they think oh I'm really calm and I'm able to cope with everything but the reality is that their body is the one that's actually storing these emotions and storing these negative sort of um, responses it may not be showing outwardly but subconsciously it is building up so what you want to do is by asking yourself what is this trying to teach me you are beginning to process this and that's what we want we don't want to diminish our emotions we don't want to deny them to suppress them we want to be able to uh, process them in a way that is useful and that it teaches the neural pathways in our brain to develop a neutral approach to situations and people so that you're not controlled by either you know most of our uh, i read it somewhere that most of our sort of stress comes from how we deal with the situation rather than the situation itself and that's not to minimize um, any sort of hardship that anyone may be going through because as i said in my last podcast with this panoramic as i'm calling it right now we're all in the same storm but different boats so the nature of our boats would be different and so everyone has different hardships and that's not to sort of downplay that but the key thing is that you actually have control over how you respond and you react to them so the truth is the less reactive you are the reality is that you will repel toxic people because or toxic situations or the repeat of that in your life because those kind of things get attracted to people who are very reactionary who are very um, unaware of their own emotions who may not know their own triggers so when you ask yourself what is this trying to teach me you are actually putting yourself in the driver's seat of your emotions rather than them driving you and you are developing the crucial thing that we all need every human being needs this particularly in this day and age is self-awareness and when you have that nothing and no one can kind of mess with you because you will be able to separate those situations and people from yourself how you feel about yourself and so therefore they won't have as easy access to your emotions and this leads me on to point number two so ask yourself what led to this and how can i learn for the next time so this isn't about shaming you but preparing you to learn about what you can do to empower yourself next time so that you're not a victim of things continuously you develop self-trust when you decide to take everything as an opportunity to learn and improve yourself not from a place of shame but from a place of growth um if you have come across uh any kind of sort of psychological works i would really encourage you to read brene brown's uh sort of volume of work and she actually um specializes in studying shame and how that uh, shows up in the human experience and so i would encourage you to sort of really dive deep and you know the 
large conclusion that she's found is that it, it's actually not beneficial, but it drives so much of human behavior. So in order for you to sort of get into the mode of, I am a continual student of everything. So I don't judge myself. I don't um, critique myself in a negative way. I'm a continual student. And as a student, the key thing is to learn and then implement what you know. So this is an excuse to sort of go around in life saying, well, I didn't know that, or I didn't know that, or I can't possibly learn. We live in a day and age where we have such a plethora of resources. You can be able to learn and you can find a way if you want to be able to grow in a certain area. And most of the time you can do that for free. So for example, keep listening to this podcast. Of course, I am very biased, but there are so many ways where we can improve ourselves, but the key thing is to eradicate shame from your personal growth journey because it's not helpful. It leads you down self-pity. It leads you down uh, one where you are acting in pride. So it may not seem prideful to feel like, oh, woe is me, but that's just a different face of pride. You know, we often see pride as, you know, showing up in the form of arrogance or people who are very blasé, but actually another form of pride is sort of being so hyper-focused on the negative things and thinking, why me, why me? Asking yourself why is not only something that you're not guaranteed to get an answer for, but actually when you do that, you're not really putting yourself in a position to receive that revelation of exactly what has led to that and what you can learn from that next time. Because when you focus on what you can learn and what you can implement next time, you're taking power away from that situation, away from an external factor or an individual and putting it back into yourself and saying, I'm going to take my personal power and control over my life and what I can do and focus on that. You will have a much better emotional and mental experience with life if that's the approach that you take. And the reality is that we often find ourselves in life uh, in situation um, that are sometimes beyond our control. So it's not really about escaping them. So this also teaches you to navigate situations where you may not be able to necessarily either remove yourself, either you know stop somebody else having access to you or change things straight away. It may not be feasible in the immediate term. So therefore this teaches you to go, how can I learn and implement this for next time how can i set better boundaries for example for next time what do i need to do say or stop doing or stop saying in order to create a different outcome i always say that doing the same things and expecting a different outcome is always a recipe for disaster and it really doesn't do you any justice it doesn't push you towards growth it's not comfortable it's not easy nothing about growth is necessarily that but it's always worth it And the key thing is to focus on your journey and doing things one day at a time. We all have goals. We all have where we want to be within ourselves, within our life. But the key thing is to take it one day at a time and see what can I learn today and how can I implement that tomorrow? Because that is what compound interest is. What you do over a small period can really add up later on. And then you'll look back and think, wow, I may not have thought it was making changes at the time, but now I look back and I see 
that my responses to things are different, that my ability to personalize things is much, much less. So ask yourself, what led to this and how can I learn from this next time? And my final point is take on the posture of a child. Things are to be learned, not resisted. Now, if you examine children, in many situations, they are just curious. They are so like eager in a way where it's like an excited eagerness, a relaxed eagerness, but it's just a genuine eagerness, depending on the temperament of the child, of course, to learn about the world, obviously because they don't really know anything, but that lack of knowledge, most of the time, for most children it doesn't hold them back but rather it pushes them to approach things so just because they fall a couple of times when they're learning how to walk they don't think oh sorry this is really not for me I think I'm going to do something else no it pushes them to find out they get up and they try again or they just don't hold on to that memory of something that they may perceive as a failure in fact they don't even have the concept of failure yet because they just think why wouldn't I do it again you know and so in that way we need to remind ourselves that's the aspect of what I mean about taking on the posture of a child because obviously a child is not aware of their dangers and you know all these surroundings but there are certain things that we learn as we become adults and one of them is fear and apprehension and just a sense of dread or a lack of self-belief but children have an unwavering self-belief that they will find out what's happening and they'll be okay they don't doubt that and they don't harbor and hold on to things so curiosity is not just about handling difficult situations it's also about not losing the quality of taking sensible risks stepping out of your comfort zone and giving yourself a chance to move forward in life So where can you bring back the wonder in your life? You know, as adults, we have many responsibilities and rightly so, which um, of themselves is such a privilege, um, especially if you live in a circumstance where you can access the internet, for example, listen to this on your phone or your computer where you don't have to worry about a roof over your head and food on your table. So... But the key thing is not allowing those responsibilities um, to be the foundation of sort of stopping you from exploring your passions, interests and purpose. So don't allow responsibilities to rob you of your wonder, to rob you of your sense of curiosity about the world or situations. Because I find that when you resist things, when you're so gung-ho about what you are resisting, rather than thinking about, hey, what can I create, you know? Children, if they find something difficult, if you watch them, if you observe them after a while, particularly babies, they'll just throw away the toy and move on to the next one. A lot of them don't spend a whole lot of time necessarily figuring things out at first depending on the the age that they are at within their development other times again they will keep going and they will keep trying something but they don't necessarily stop that from you know let them stop that from playing with other kids or from you know picking up a new book or a new toy 
So when I'm talking about the posture of a child, it's having that sense of wonder, having that sense of resiliency and resiliency that's not this, you know, just think positive or just keep getting up again. It's that thing of like, no, actually, if I look at something objectively, I can learn from that and I can take what is necessary and move forward. And I don't need to let it define my identity, who I am and my abilities in other areas of my life. That's literally how children approach it. Now, they may not be aware of that, but that's the premise of how they hold things lightly. So in terms of getting curious, let's recap. Ask yourself, what is this trying to teach me? You know, what is this? What can I learn from the situation, from this person? Even if it's a positive situation. So this doesn't apply to just the uncomfortable situations or the things that we'd rather not experience. It's also about the positive things so that you're not stuck as well in a stage where you're only thinking this is the best it can get or this is the most I will ever achieve or, you know, I've reached my end point. No, life is continually giving us opportunities to grow. So it's also about applying this to positive situations as well as the not so positive. Number two, ask yourself, what has led to this and how can I learn for the next time? And the whole idea of this is to eliminate shame from your mental and psychological paradigm. And the last one is take on the posture of a child. Look to learn rather than resist every situation because the more you resist something, I think most people have found that the more you resist something, the more it kind of shows up in your life. It's like a bully. The more a bully can see that your reactions, that you're just resisting them, you're just trying to avoid them. But actually when you go up to them in their face and you say hi and you don't cower, and you just stand there firm in who you are, you don't respond with anger, don't respond with anything, you just go high and you just show that, shine that confidence. You're not resisting, you're just saying, you do you and I will do me. There's no resistance here. And you can learn from that situation. It usually repels those kind of incidents. So I hope that helped you about learning more about how curiosity as a principle can be practically applied to your life but also what benefits it has like why even bother with it in the first place so share this with anyone who you know needs a little bit of encouragement and reminder and some tools to help them navigate the next season week day hour in their life Uh, as ever thank you so much for listening And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.